He's very deliberate. He's very smart. He's crafty. He's not above planting things. And I mean ridiculous. Buccaneers fans, here he is, the sage of Tampa Bay sports, Ira Kaufman, the baron of Big Storm Beer, Mr. Bill Curry Ford, the king of Newport Ritchie, Uncle Ira, the custodian of Canton. The clock ticks toward the big reveal on this year's Hall of Fame, Ira. We, we say prayers for you and Rondé Barber, and, uh, and yeah, we, we got confidence in you, Ira, but we're hoping beyond hope. This is the year, and this is the podcast presented by Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's first family of Ford. You still can get your concierge custom order in. Great service. Sean Sullivan gives you $500 just to do it. No deposit. Fantastic inventory at Bill Curry Ford. Visit BillCurryFord.com. Mile north of Raymond James Stadium is the dealership on the east side. Nationwide lifetime warranty on new and used vehicles. And you can read all about what that warranty is at BillCurryFord.com. GM Sean Sullivan, our draft guru. He's all fired up, Ira. The uh, new uh, Senior Bowl previews coming out this weekend. And Sean, of course, already did his highlights uh, for what to watch, who to watch in the uh, Shrine game. He's all over it, but he's all over helping Bucks fans personally at Bill Curry Ford. This is a great time to buy. And uh, Sean's going to give you that Ira Kaufman discount on top of everything else and just guide you. You know, maybe you want to. Uh, buy a new vehicle you're looking at a new eco sport that you want to do that in april you know he'll uh, he'll he'll help you plan for it and uh, get the ball rolling on that bill curry ford call sean sullivan today billcurryford.com and our friends at big storm beer don't have a date yet ira but the ebor city tap room is coming soon for now fans can follow big storm brewing on facebook instagram at their uh, local location so cape coral clearwater just south of almerton road and of course uh, in odessa and in orlando at the amway center big storm beer florida's best craft beer it's in all the stores all the good ones anyway and of course uh, plenty of restaurants and you can buy big storm spirits at their tap rooms and get one hell of a meal sage has had uh, plenty of them maybe uh, over under is probably about 30 right now well, no i probably put it at 45 Big Storm Brewery, bigstormbrewery.com. Check out all the beers. Check out the locations and the menu. Big Storm Beers, Florida's best craft beer. And Florida's Elite Restoration. We'll hear more about them later. Florida's Elite Restoration.com. Get there. Check out what they do, how they service customers in their time of disaster, flood, fire, mold, storm damage, whatever it is. They're awesome. Awesome. Well, Florida's Elite Restoration.com. Get your free assessment today if you have a problem. All right, Sage, the beat goes on. The Bucks continue to look for an offensive coordinator, Ira, and I know that we have talked about Todd Munkin before, but now he's coming, says ESPN, and there's also another name on the list. What do you think of that, and how the hell are you? Well, the clock is ticking, not only for the Hall of Fame, but it's ticking for Mr. Bruce Springsteen. That's right, the Kemper. The boss is coming to town Wednesday, February 1st to kick off his tour. You don't want to hear about it, but uh, I don't know. Gone. You can't pay me to see that guy. Lame, boring, yawn. He's got two or three decent songs. He's a little bit better songwriter than Eddie Van Halen. Let's put it like that, uh, uh, Lee. Now, on the, on the buck front, Stevie, on the buck front. And by the way, I wish the Bucks uh, operated with the uh, timing and craftsmanship of the E Street Band. How do you like that, the Kemper? Oh, they played four hours. Oh, boy. It's going to be three, just like a Bucks game. 
Steve, <laughs> this Todd Munkin thing, interesting. Uh, I guess he's coming in next week. I think the most important thing for Buck fans to remember, the Bucks are not alone in their interest in Todd Munkin. Far from it. I believe Baltimore has also got an interest. There's a lot of uh, teams that are looking for somebody to run their offense. Munkin's got a pretty good resume. I think he's going to have his choice of jobs. Of course, much depends on Mr. Brady. And I'm not sure what Bowles can say to Todd Munkin when they meet next week. And Munkin says, who's your quarterback? Uh, I'm not sure Bowles has an answer. Maybe. Maybe he doesn't. I wouldn't put all my chips on uh, Mr. Munkin at this point. I don't know how stable the uh, coaching situation is here down the line. That could affect Munkin. We're still waiting. To me, I, I, I'm more interested in Brady's plans than, than the offensive coordinator's plans. Because uh, I think Brady's decision will absolutely uh, trigger the next phase of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, guys, my next column, which I have not sent to Mr. Isbitz yet, I think is going to uh, cause a little tremor because um, I've been looking ahead a little bit, Lee, and, and I hope our man from uh, – Bill Curry Ford is listening to this because, Lee, I'm looking ahead to the 2024 draft. I don't know why, but I am. And uh, guess what, Lee? It's a quarterback-rich draft. Quarterback-rich. Never too early to plan for the Bucks to break that crazy, and I mean ridiculous, streak <laughs> of never offering a second contract to some quarterback that they drafted. It's been 46 years how long can this continue, DeKemper? That can's been kicked down the road for 46 years. I'm happy that triggers you, and it should trigger all Bucks fans. And and part of that is organizational ineptitude. I mean, you can make the argument Vinny Testaverde was the guy. I mean, there was a reason why Parcells and Belichick loved him. Those guys loved him. Well, you know, why didn't he work out here? Steve Young, I know you haven't seen it, Iron, but that documentary they had on Bill Walsh, when Steve Young said, when he went from the Bucks to San Francisco, Walsh told him it's all about timing and your footwork. And it's the first time the guy ever heard of that. That shows you how backwards the Bucks coaches were. And there was a franchise quarterback that left. And it's just it's appalling. And I'm curious. I don't know this, Ira. I haven't studied the 2024 draft yet. But I do know Caleb Williams is the, is the pick of the litter. Yes. And Drake May, who... A lot of quarterback people love, and he sure seems like he's something. Uh, outside of those two guys, I don't know who would be available. and I, I just don't know. But those two guys are the main guys. And as I've told Steve before, okay, if you collapse for Caleb and you don't, you don't get the first overall pick, you should be in pretty good position to get Drake May. Outside of that, I don't know who's available. i got to be honest with you. The Munkin thing, i got several questions for you, Ira. And I know Munkin's really good, but I don't care who they're interviewing. You have to know what their plan is at quarterback. You really have. I don't think Todd Munkin is going to give up a $2 million job a year with the two-time national champions to come coach Kyle Trask. I don't believe that. Unless the plan is to tank next year. I just don't believe he's going to come here for Kyle Trask. The salary, Ira. $2 million Munkin's making. There's some question about what Bulls is making. Steve, what was Bulls making? Was it $3 million a year? The report said $3 million a year. Your okay. experienced and better NFL defensive coordinators make $2 million a year. The entry guys are making close to a million, 
and the established guys are two million, and the guys with the big big contracts that they don't want to get rid of are making three ish. Is Munkin going to be getting, let's say, two, two and a half? I don't. I don't think money's going to be a big factor for the Glazers in this in, the, in, in this regard. Lee, they have a history. You know, they don't mind paying off guys that are on on the contract for three more years and firing them. If they feel strongly about a guy, I I don't think a million dollars one way or the other is going to stand in their way. I don't. And if they feel that strongly about the guy, what about job security? I mean, we could be. I I know there's a bunch of Bucks fans out there that are still, to this day, screaming for the Glazers to get rid of Bulls. You can make the argument either way. Yeah, he had a losing season. He also won his division. That's really weird. And we both know the only time a coach has had two back-to-back or has had back-to-back losing seasons with the Bucks, everyone's been fired except for one. And that guy won a Super Bowl for him, and that guy was Chucky. Uh, so is this a lame duck job? And if so, why would Todd Munkin leave probably the most secure job in college football, making $2 million? to come to a lame duck job. That doesn't add up to me. Looking ahead to next week's conversations with Bowles, I don't know if Light will be in on it. I don't know if the Glazers will be in on a first interview. Maybe, maybe not with Munkin. Steve, I'm not sure they got answers to Munkin's questions. And uh, to Lee's point, he's got a great job. He doesn't have to leave it. Yeah, the NFL is a better job than college. No question about it. But if Munkin comes... And, you know, they go 5-12 and 12 with Kyle Trask. That's not going to look very good on Munkin's uh, resume uh, going forward. And there would be no reason to think that Munkin would be in line if they decide to replace Bowles. Why should he be at the head of the line at that point? So a lot of things would have to go right, Steve, during the interview process with Munkin. Starting with, hey, is Brady coming back or not? they got to have an answer for him. And the same questions, by the way, apply to Shay Tierney, the Giants quarterback coach. I think would be a hell of a hire. They also talked to the Bengals quarterback coach, which is interesting. There's several guys that are linked to the Bucks that I think would be good hires. But all these questions, well, not necessarily uh, the salary, but all these questions apply. You know, what are you going to do at quarterback? What kind of job security do I have? You know, do I get to choose that quarterback? You know, I don't see, I don't see how the Bucks get a capable coordinator with all these questions now like i said earlier wait 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 can i let, let me let me answer the, the dominoes start to fall with brady's decision let me answer the question money is is number one for so many of these guys so that's how you get a capable coordinator because they want the damn job and they'll they want the raise and you know a guy making two million if he can make three million that that's a big raise that's a lot that's some life-changing additional money if you're going to get a three-year deal from the Glazers, uh, as an example. So I think money can't just be discounted. And why did Munkin go to Cleveland? That's no he job. He out of a job. I understand, but he sure he could have had other jobs. He was uh, probably could have gone back to the college ranks. I mean, if he wants to come back to the pros, I don't see the Bucks as a worse job than any other, mainly because most of these jobs where there's turnover have question marks. That's why there's turnover. So... I don't see the Bucks as any worse job than anything else. Uh, what I think is encouraging is that if Munkin coming in for an interview means Jason Light approves of him and means Jason Light endorsed him to Bulls and said, I like this guy, because why else would they do that? If Jason worked with him for three years and didn't think he was qualified, uh, he's already pre-screened. So I think just the fact that he's coming here is a big deal. Now, of course, Munkin may have no interest, but why would you not why would you not show up for an interview when it's going to get your name out there? You'll learn some more. 
put you in a high profile situation. You look like a tough guy if you turn down the job. You know, it, it raises your profile a little bit. So I don't know. It's a big question mark, but I don't think this Bucks job is worse than a lot of others. If you look at all the open coordinator positions, just look at those open coordinator positions. There are not a lot of good jobs out there, but a lot of people want that. Chargers. A lot of people want that title. These guys have huge egos. They believe that they can make it work. You know, they, they believe that they can be successful, you know, as long as they have at least a little bit of a hand in who, who their players and coaches are. Hey, Steve, you talked about the pre-approval of Jason Light, and I think you're right. Steve, I don't think it's a stretch to say that the pre-approval extends to ownership. I think the Glazers are involved in, you know, knowing who's coming in for meetings. They, they might not be, in, you know, directly involved until maybe a second interview, but they know the names. And, Steve, they're well familiar with Todd Munkin under uh, Cutter's administration. And uh, I think if they had a problem with Munkin, they'd say, uh, why, why are we wasting our time? We don't want this guy. Steve, you're right. I, I think he does uh, pass a couple of preliminary hoops. I think the onus is more from Munkin's point of view. Lee, I, I think he's coming from a position of strength. Yeah. Um, He's got a really good job, Lee. He doesn't have to leave. Yeah, he wants to make more money. And, Lee, he probably wants to be a head coach in the National Football League. And who can blame him? But if that's his goal, I'm not sure that uh, coming to one buck place is, is the springboard for it. Well, he did, and I pointed this out in an article this morning. You know, he did admit 11 days ago that if he was to leave, he had to be really picky about what he chose. I don't look at the Bucks' job as being that kind of job unless and we don't know this and unless brady comes back and then he could say hey i got a chance to coach brady and that's a highlight of his career okay i can see that or if the bucks said you get to pick the quarterback we'll go out and get him we don't care if it costs us three number ones or whatever we'll go out and get him and that's that's pretty enticing for an offensive guy so Steve, uh, I noticed, Steve, on uh, some of the national media, there seems to be a little tilt, a little bit of a tilt towards, uh, hey, don't count the bucks out in the Brady sweepstakes if he wants to continue playing. Uh, He could very well be back at one buck place. Some people are uh, talking about Gronkowski's quotes that uh, he thinks, uh, you know, Brady could lean towards coming back with the bucks. I don't know if I'm putting a lot of stock in Gronk at this point, Steve. Uh, He's been... (laughs) He's been wrong before. Yeah, he's close to Tom. There's no question about it. But uh, you made it. You made it clear very uh, eloquently that um, I think Brady probably knows whether he wants to come back or not. But uh, as far as his future employer, I don't think he's anywhere close to deciding on that. So uh, it, it seems like there's a little bit of momentum, Steve, nationally for the idea of uh, hey, don't give up on the chance of, of Brady coming back to the Bucks. Do you think that's orchestrated by Brady? You know him, Steve. He's very deliberate. He's very smart. He's crafty. He's not above uh, planting things. We shall see. Uh, I still think it's unlikely. Some of our information, the way he behaved, maybe after that uh, final game against Dallas, I've got some sources that said he did say goodbye to the Buck Brain Trust. I don't know for a fact that that's true. Lee, his post-game demeanor, you could interpret that uh, in terms of uh, with the media, that it, it sounded like a goodbye. I don't think that's definitive either. But I just think, Lee, when he looks around, hey, do I have any options? That Miami thing looks beckoning to me, Lee. It just does. Yeah. And I don't care how many times they talk about 
their faith, their loyalty to Tua. That guy wants a win, Lee. Ross is, uh, you know, he's in an animal stage right now. They got to do what they got to do. And I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Ross believes in Tua at this point. I, I think he wants Brady. Well, of course, Sage, that flies in the face of the Sunday morning report that uh, Adam Schefter had out there that the Dolphins don't want Brady. They're off that bus. They're into Tua, and they're all behind him, even though, of course, the whole thing could be a ruse as far as some sort of preliminary public, but they can't tamper yet negotiation with Brady and all kinds of things. You just don't know, Sage. But what you do know is what we mentioned before, and that's Florida's elite restoration. They are your first phone call whenever that disaster strikes in your home or at your business. Flood, you come home, you got a flood, fire, mold, whatever it might be. They're licensed mold remediation specialists, and they've been in the Bay Area for a long time. Owner Josh Martin, he's got 14 years experience as an insurance adjuster, so he knows how to work with insurance companies and make sure you don't get ripped off. Ira Kaufman podcast listeners, Joe Bucks fan readers, when you call, mention where you heard it. And if you need their services after your free assessment and the free evaluation in your property, then they're going to give you $500 off when you move forward. And that could be for your deductible. That could just be cash back. Florida's elite restoration. They are experts. They're family owned. They serve the Tampa Bay area. Get to their website, Florida's elite restoration.com. No one should believe in Tua because I, I don't know if you heard this report that came out uh, yesterday, Ira from ESPN. And I know it's, the, it's the, that, that nonsense pro bowl, but Tua can't be involved in it because he's still in concussion protocol. Oh, he hasn't boy. played in a month. Oh boy. I mean, there's no way the Dolphins could depend on this guy past next year. There's just no way, maybe not even next year. So Brady, who, when's the last time he missed a game? Even at 45, he's available. they got to be out of their minds to pick, uh, to, to put all their chips onto his table. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, so I, I like, beckoning's a perfect word, Ira. He, he lives down there. His kids are down there, all but one. They need a quarterback. The Dolphins, they've got weapons. That's just tailor-made for, for Brady. Tailor-made. That's a good team, Steve. That, that's a good team ready, ready to uh, take it to the next level, Miami. Uh, Sage, before I have an important question for you, very, very important, I want to stick with the Brady thing. Jeff Darlington, who has always been known as the uh, the number one guy when it comes to Brady information in his camp, then when uh, Darlington sort of stepped away from that after Brady unretired and said, hey, don't look for me anymore. I'm, I'm the guy who said he was retiring. You know, I'm out on the Brady talk. Now he jumped back in and he put out a report for ESPN uh, saying that Brady has leaned toward returning to Tampa, where he's wanted to be part of the solution, and he has a lot of pull in that direction, which would be very Brady-like, you know. I mean, uh, competitive guy and loyal and all that stuff. Likes the we hear he likes the Glazers and Light, and obviously a lot of his teammates. Darlington also said a lot of people were fed up with a lot of people were fed up with Byron Leftwich. And Brady was also uh, overwhelmed by things going on in his personal life. And he knows he wasn't his most very focused and that ties to his weight loss. And he wasn't in peak physical condition, even though he was in great condition. What do you make of that report from Darlington? I read Darlington's report, Steve. I, I didn't get a lot out of it personally. I'm, uh, that's just my opinion. I don't agree necessarily that he was that strong about Brady returning to the Bucks in that report. It was mostly to me uh, about the distractions that Brady dealt with during the 2022 season. And those distractions were uh, palpable, causing a weight loss, you know. 
Lee, I, I didn't see anything out of that Darlington report that leads me to think that uh, he's definitely coming back with the Bucks. I'm not sure he's coming back, period. He might retire. Lee, you, you can't discount that. Uh, he's got a lot to think about. And again, I, I know I'm in the minority here. I'm in, I'm in the minority even on this podcast. But I'll say it again. For the, uh, for the long-term future of this franchise, I, I'm not sure it's the right thing for uh, the Bucks to uh, have Brady under center. Uh, next fall, whether he wants to come back or not. Uh, he's going to be 46 in August. He's, he's not going to get any better. You know, his reluctance to get hit, uh, I, I think, is really uh, having a, a major impact on, on this offense. I think it's limiting this offense in terms of being able to call plays downfield that takes longer to develop. I'm not saying he's through, Lee. I'm not saying he's through. But, Lee, at some point, at some point, you got to try to get a Burrow or a Mahomes. And this team never, they, they try and they fail. They try and they fail. If you want to sustain success in this league, unless you got a defense like the 49ers and nobody else does, you got to have one of those guys. And I think it's time for the Bucks to start thinking about that. Oh, I, I know the Glazer family has been thinking about this for 10 years since Chucky was coached. So it's, it's not, uh, uh, you know, an epiphany for them whatsoever. I don't disagree with the IR. The only thing I'm saying is, you got Brady, you squeeze that dry. You squeeze that until you can't squeeze any any more moisture out of it. As long as you got Brady, you've got a chance. Ira, it's kind of like when you buy that rocky road at Publix and it's it's finished and you get that spoon out and you're scraping to try to get one more spoonful out. That's how it is. Steve, do you agree, <laughs> Steve, do you agree with my point in terms of ob- observing Brady in the pocket that uh, now more than ever, it, it's an elevated, I think it's elevated the sense that uh, I can't take a hit. I, I can't take a hit. I got to get rid of the ball quickly. Do you feel that's inhibiting this offense at all? Absolutely, it's inhibiting the offense, but also inhibiting the offense is the worst running game in, in, in decades. So that is a factor <laughs> as it relates to Brady's confidence. I mean, if he's sitting there at third and four, I don't think he's going to be panicking in the pocket. Not, and, not, and third and four isn't exactly the greatest uh, down and distance in the world, but it, it's at least something And uh, versus what we've had recently. And you combine that with Jensen uh, coming back or Jensen's absence, getting him even more jumpy and you know guys with no experience at guard. I think it's a combination of things. But yeah, it, it's real. And he looked like a guy who was scared at times, and that's not going to win a Super Bowl. Lee, have you changed your mind at all uh, watching Brady last season? Have you changed your mind at all that him averaging 42, 44 passes? Can, can that be successful uh, uh, at, at this point in his career? Sure, if you don't have a lunkhead calling the plays. I mean, you, I don't know how many times we got, we, you know, we said this over and over and over and over and over. When they went no huddle, when they went play action, when they went hurry up, this was a dangerous offense. For reasons I can't wrap my mind around, the Bucks were allergic to do that. The only time they did that is when they absolutely positively had to do that. And that was, you know, when they were down two scores and late in the game. This Bucks offense was dangerous when they called plays that were conducive to the talent on hand. Why they why they didn't do that, you know, Bowles always said uh, you know, guys got worn out. I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. I, I just nothing adds up with that. There's something else going on. And I'm starting to think 
that was a cover for Leftwich. I really do. I'm starting to think that was a cover for Leftwich. I mean, when you hear Darlington say there were multiple people in the organization that were frustrated with Leftwich, that's, <laughs> and that's coming from Brady. We know he's getting that from Brady. Wow. And that, that Brady was changing the game plan on a Saturday and Leftwich didn't know about it? What's that tell you? Steve, if Brady wanted to go hurry up and Brady wanted to go play action to a far greater degree than the Bucks did last season, wouldn't Leftwich have listened to him, Steve? Ira, the best way I can answer that question is that the whole thing was dysfunctional and it speaks to Todd Bowles not being a good leader. He's in charge of the offense, he's in charge of the team. Sit these guys down and figure it out. When we put your foot down on we're, we're doing this and you guys figure out the nuances of how we're doing it, but we're doing this and let's straighten this out. It all goes back to Bowles mismanaging the whole thing. That's the way I look at it. Okay. If you know if what Darlington's saying is correct and multiple people are frustrated, frustrated with Leftwich, then get him out of there. Tom Brady didn't like certain things and sit down and uh, with Bowles and say, we got to do this and this. Who's going to tell him no? The whole thing's weird. I don't know what to say, Ira. It's all weird. But I got a question for you, Ira. Suppose Todd Munkin comes in and he said, look, uh, you get Derek Carr in here. That guy's missed two games in nine years with an injury. Yeah. Uh, he's a multiple-year pro bowler. I can work with that guy all day long. We'll have a good offense. When I left here in 2018, I was calling the plays. I threw for over 5,000 yards combined with uh, Winston and Fitzpatrick, and uh, we were lighting it up. I'll get it done. We'll hit the ground running. We'll have a damn good team. We'll win the South. I mean, what did the Glazers do at that point? I think the Glazers would be inclined to uh, agree with Munkin. Carr is incredibly durable. Doesn't mean he can't get hurt. In 2023. But Lee, he's got a long, long track record for durability. Uh, and that's huge at the quarterback position. He's middle of the pack. You know, he's not number 30. And he's not number seven uh, in terms of uh, quarterbacks in this league. I think the Bucks could win the division with Derek Carr uh, under center. Lee, they'd be favored. They would be favored. Lee, I don't know what these other teams are in the NFC South are doing under center i mean it's a mess atlanta's got the ritter kid i don't know if they like him uh are they gonna draft another guy we don't know what's going on with carolina uh, we certainly don't know what's going on in new orleans Jameis seems to be out of the picture they can't possibly come back with andy dalton can they Lee? next fall i mean you know it, it's a mess this whole division is a mess in terms of quarterbacking in steve's scenario munkin says i'll take the job get Derek Carr now. Lee, of course, it depends, you know, if you get a chance to get Brady back, the Glazers would probably, you know, spin the wheel one more time with Brady. Lee, sure they would. They, sure they would. Sure they would. I agree with you. But if Brady retires or says I'm moving on, the, Gla the Glazers could say, let's take one more shot at it. Jason Light could say, let's take one more shot uh, at it. I don't think it would work, but um, I, I could understand doing it. Yeah, it's okay to take a, a you know, coming from a Glazer perspective, it's okay to take a shot of it and fail if you're going to make a windfall doing it. Yeah, oh, no, I meant with Carr. I meant with Carr. Oh, with Carr, okay. You know, is that another Band-Aid? Is Carr a Band-Aid? I you think so. You know, uh, you, could, you could argue that. I, I liken it to Chucky rolling the dice with Jeff Garcia. Yeah, um, and it worked to an extent. Mm -hmm. they, made, they made the playoffs in 07. And they ran into a very good Giants team. We didn't know how good the Giants were. And they, they were came, hot, too. They, yeah, and they were hot, and they came into Tampa. Uh, the Bucks played a great first quarter. 
Uh, I remember that game vividly. Ernest Graham was running wild on the Giants. And then the Bucks started throwing the ball. I still don't know <laughs> why. And the Giants just ground them up and, and uh, won the game going away. Garcia threw a couple of picks. They had a little bit, of, and they won nine games the next year with, with Garcia. And the offense wasn't that bad, Steve. During the December collapse, the offense scored points. It was the defense that fell apart in, in 08 that caused uh, caused Gruden's departure. I don't know, Steve. I, I can't say it enough. Can we can we have a young stud in here to build around? Can we? Is that too much to ask? <laughs> hey, Lee, and I don't say that about you, Ira. Come on. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, Sage, uh, we know your picks here. Are you still sticking with uh, the 49ers, your original pick to win it all? No. They're going to Philly. Lee, I, I got to think this is the week Purdy looks like a seventh-round draft pick. Yeah, uh, Philly's awfully good. Their O-line, uh, I think, can handle that great 49er defense. I think it might be the only O-line that, that can handle Bosa and, and, and those guys. I think Philly's loaded, loaded. Uh, and they are strong in the trenches. And I trust Hurts more than I trust Purdy at this point. I, I, I'm i switching to Philly for this game. Ira, as you would say, there's a reason why a rookie quarterback has never made a Super Bowl. I, I think this is the week for Purdy. Uh, I've never seen him behind in the fourth quarter with uh, with all the pressure on him. Steve, the Eagles show. Now, look, people. now all of a sudden people say, ah, the Giants aren't that good. That, that win doesn't, uh, wasn't very impressive. Steve, the Giants were playing very good football going into Philly, and uh, they didn't look like they belonged on the same field. Uh, I'm going with the Eagles. As it relates to the, the Glazers, right? Because you've said many times that they have a, a big hand or a big voice when it comes to who the starting quarterback is. That's just how it's done at one buck. I mean, they're not evaluating uh, uh, players per se, but they're, they want to know who the face of their franchise is. That's right. That's right. And let's just go with your angle. If Jalen Hurts is dominates and continues on his the runner-up uh, MVP kind of season, and they say, you know what, Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick, late second-round pick, and you know that you can get a quarterback there, and Dak Prescott, you know, abused the hell out of our defense, made us look stupid. He's a fourth-round pick. Why do we have to go crazy? Uh, why don't we just pick the right guys and get the right coaches in here? Do you think they have that mindset at all? I think that's got to run past their mind. You know, other, other guys were high picks. You know, the Chiefs traded up to get Mahomes. Burrow was taken high. But Steve's point is right. You don't have to have necessarily a top three pick to get that guy. But you got to scout that guy, Lee. And you, you got to be right uh, about that guy. Lee, if Trask doesn't make it, I, I'm not going to kill Jason Light for, for missing on Kyle Trask. I'm not going to kill him. He wasn't the third pick in the draft. But, Lee, you can get the right guy. You just, um, you, you really got to do your homework. And if you get one, man, you are so set, Lee, with the rookie contract for three or four years where you can fill in behind the guy. That sets you up for tremendous success. Tremendous yeah, there's success. Gotta, there, there's got to be a bunch of luck if you're going to draft a guy in the second or third round uh, to hit on that. That's, that's almost divine intervention. And you know what? I literally just thought of this, Ira. I literally just thought of this. Is part of the reason, maybe the biggest reason, the Bucks are bringing in Munkin for an interview. Is this an Al Davis stunt to get intel on Stetson Bennett? Uh, he could definitely give you some intel about uh, a bunch of college quarterbacks, Lee. Excellent point. And I think it's fair to ask those questions. 
uh, Munkin, you know, whether it's a ruse uh, or not, whether you're uh, genuinely interested in Munkin or not, Lee, I, I think it makes sense to bring him in next week, tap his knowledge. They've played, uh, you know, a lot of the good quarterbacks in, in college, and uh, I think he'd be truthful. I think that's a very good point in terms of a Munkin interview and a side benefit. Uh, here's something I heard Michael Lombardi say, Ira, and this is about quarterbacks. Lombardi was let go at Philadelphia by Joe Banner. Lombardi went to work for CBS. He's sort of like what Pat Kerwin does currently for CBS. He was a background guy. He was feeding information to George Seifert. And that's when Seifert was on the NFL Today working with Jim Nance. Well, Seifert got the Panthers job, and they decided to put Lombardi on the desk to replace uh, Seifert for a week or two. And Lombardi loved to talk about the backroom deals, the GMs, all, all the background stuff. He loved to talk about that. And Lombardi said Jim Nance pulled him aside and gave him advice that to this day, Lombardi said the best advice he ever got. Jim Nance pulled him aside and he said, look, I know you like to talk about GMs. I know you like to talk about scouts. I know you like to talk about coordinators. But you got to remember, the little old lady in, De in Des Moines doesn't give a damn about that. What she wants to talk about is she wants to know about her quarterback. She yep. wants to know about her coach. And she wants to know about how her team's going to win. That's all she cares about. And that goes back to what you're talking about, Ira, quarterbacks. It's all about the quarterbacks. It, it, it's all about the quarterbacks, Steve. It's all about the quarterbacks in terms of sustained success. Sustained the Bucks are not going to have sustained success if they keep bringing Brady out because sooner rather than later, Steve, Brady's not going to be out there. Ira, I agree. I agree with you. I'm not going to sit here and weep if Tom Brady goes to the Raiders or plays one year for Miami. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's he's not going to play forever. And his body of work this past year, you know, wasn't something you cry about or at least after you cry for. <laughs> but, you know, I, I still would like to see him back because it, I don't rule out him having a bounce back year with a better coordinator and a you know below average running game. Who knows what could happen in this town? Sage, uh -oh. <laughs> the cat's upset about talking yeah, about the, cat, the cat's upset, Steve. Your cat's upset. Yeah, the cat's miserable. Miserable. Uh, Sage, uh, BillCurryFord.com. That's where you shop. BillCurryFord.com. Inventory is up there, and of course, GM Sean Sullivan. He's a phone call away. To give you personal assistance or an email away, you can get that also. His email at BillCurryFord.com. All right, Ira, look, before we get out of here and we'll be back next week, things should be flying through this coaching search and uh, uh, who knows what happens and what changes based on these uh, weekend games. But I got to ask you this, Ira. I finally threw up uh, the first off-season poll of Jason Light. And, you know, we, we've seen the horrible marks that Todd Bowles gets, you know, 90% of fans we're either voting for Todd Bowles, no confidence or little confidence. Well, the confidence poll on Jason Light revealed 80 plus percent said they were confident, very confident or totally confident. My contention is that's very, very hard to achieve that level of uh, approval when you just finished an eight and 10 season that was incredibly disappointing. What's your thought there? You know, the first thing I think, by the way, that 80 percent, that's very impressive, Lee, very impressive. Of a team who's, uh, you know, the the last memory that Buck fans have is, is of a terrible game uh, against yes. Dallas. Wait, you know what I think of uh, in terms of that uh, approval rating? Um, 
I think about the courtship of Tom Brady in uh, 2020, three years ago, and Brady would not have come here. And you know, this is this is not an opinion. This is you know, we we know this. Brady was not coming to one buck. He had other suitors, unless he liked the roster. And yes. he look, he, you know, he did his research on the Glazers, his owners. He did his research on on, on uh, Jason Light. Uh, he did his research on Arians. But, Lee, we've been around Brady for three years. He, he knows every player in this league, everybody. He knows their strengths and weaknesses. That's part of what makes him Tom Brady. His knowledge is incredible. And he studied this Buck roster. And, Lee, in his mind, he determined, I can win here. I like the players. And Light got the players for the most part, for almost the entire part. Light got the players. Light put the roster together. He's had some bad draft classes, no question about it, Lee. That Vernon Hargraves draft was awful. It was. But he's made a lot of good picks. And everybody would have took uh, Jameis Winston or Mariota, one or the other. Everybody would have taken him. So I'm not going to hold that against uh, Jason Light, necessarily. He's done a pretty good job putting this team together. I always think about Brady looking at this roster, and, and, and uh, that, that's a check mark for Jason Light and a real big one. Oh, yeah, of course it was. And it was, we, we all know now that it was Light's idea to go get Brady. He told uh, Bruce Arians, I think we got a chance to get Brady. Yeah. And, and Arians couldn't believe it. And, like, and, and there, it went from there. Now, Gronkowski, <laughs> I know it's Gronkowski. Somebody locally, I don't know who it is, but someone locally – Apparently got Gronkowski on Facebook to answer the question, if it's between the Bucks and the Raiders, who does he go with? Well, in that answer Gronkowski gave, he said that Brady likes the front office. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a big part of uh, Light's approval rating. Uh, it, it's tied to Brady in, in some ways, Steve, because Brady, uh, looking at the roster objectively three years ago, said uh, – this, this is a damn good team, and, and I could put them over the top. And if Brady feels that way, who, who are we to argue about it? Well, we can argue with him all day if we want to, Ira. That's what we do. Uh, Sage, uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. We're going to catch you before you have your uh, big night out to uh, Bruce Springsteen. I know you're very excited about that. Uh, so we'll be back uh, with you before then. Uh, I'm, I'm also going to see, uh, Steve, I'm also going to see the uh, 80 for Brady movie next week, and I'll be back with a review. That's your problem, not mine. <laughs> and Ira, make sure make sure you take your heart meds. The way you're all worked up about this Springsteen, we don't know if you're going to be able to survive. We, we want you healthy here. He's going to prove it all night, Lee. All night long.